trusting yourself allows others to trust themselves as well. So we're all sort of like mirrors of each other. And so by me doing the best that I can, it helps mirror that behavior that I'd love to see in, in, in someone else. And that person will, you know, be a mirror for someone else and someone else. And so I really believe in like the network effect of goodness. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Wingine and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities. You can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. What's going on, everyone? This is Felice Lizay, and I am a producer, singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur, founder of my content production company, Sweet Spot Sounds, and director of community and artist relations at Burble, a Web3 entertainment studio. I am guest hosting for my good friend, Esprit Devora, and I am so excited to be here today chatting with Jack Vaca, senior manager of ecosystem enablement at Polygon Labs, the first well-structured, easy-to-use platform for Ethereum scaling and infrastructure development. I am super, super, super passionate about Web3 and all of the technology that is emerging from this space. And so I am very, very excited to be able to chat and share the stories of women building in this space with you on this podcast for women in tech. So let's get into it. So we are here with Jack Vaca, and she is in Los Angeles, California, same place that I am. And I am so excited to talk to you. We met at an actual event. I'm saying actual event IRL, like most people don't meet IRL, but we are in the Web3 space. And so a lot of people meet virtually in this space. So it is very exciting when you meet somebody for the first time and it's actually in person. So now what's funny is we're doing this interview virtually even though we actually could go see each other in person. That is a whole mind-blowing thing. Anyway, I'm gonna let her talk. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jack? Sure, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's so, uh, like you said, it's so nice to to be able to connect with people in real life. And then it's, the surreal part is finding out that they have this whole digital life on the back end as well, which is like, oh, what's your handle? We should just greet each other like that, which I've been to some Web3, you know, events 
that that do that, that have the little name tag with their handles on it. Um, a little bit about myself. Yeah, so I work for Polygon and I've had I've worked for them uh, for nearly a year now and I've had a couple of different roles. I think that they're finding that some of my strengths uh, include, uh, you know, having this community lens. And so I've done a lot of strategy for them, for the, for the community sort of uh, side of Polygon. But I think it also has led to be in this, this sort of a unique position where you see beyond just Polygon community and the community of the communities where you see this other bigger ecosystem and this other bigger network. And so one of my next undertakings, which I'm very excited about, is finding uh, support and combining all of our resources in order to enable the ecosystem to further uh, find all the things that they need to keep building uh, and including, you know, connecting with one another. Because I think partner connections is one of the most important things we could try and facilitate. I think it's really funny is like, I feel like all the community, heads of communities, community managers, directors of communities, we all find each other in this space. <laughs> like, people I don't find know people. How. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're like the people people. So we find each other. <laughs> um, tell us, you know, I this is a women in tech podcast, but Web3 is very niche within the tech world. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about what Polygon actually is and does if you could in like the most plainest of English for people that don't really, maybe don't understand Web3 or know even what we're talking about when we say Web3, what does Polygon do and what is what is that the company really, what is its work, what does it really mean to you? Yeah, oh, it's a really interesting question. So Polygon is an Ethereum scaling solution. So Ethereum is a blockchain where it's become, you know, pretty famous with all of the NFT craze and lots of, you know, people associating it with large sums of money. Um, but, you know, it's it's a, also a very expensive chain to uh, tap into. So in order for you to find the true value of that for many people, uh, there needs to be some sort of key unlocked. And so Polygon is that key. It's kind of more like a Swiss army knife. Actually, we've got a number of solutions so that it kind of meets your needs. Um, but we kind of position ourselves, you know, some people like to call us the business layer of, of uh, Web3. I think sometimes that like negates some of the soul of the community, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't aligned because I think Polygon also really unlocks a lot of potential for communities on uh, Ethereum that, you know, if you have a successful profile picture uh, project and you need to drop, uh, you know, community rewards, you can't really do it on a, on a big blockchain that costs a lot of money. So every time there's a transaction on, on, on the blockchain, you know, as you know, as you and I may know, maybe the listeners out there may not know that there's a gas fee associated with it. And so Ethereum is very popular. So there's a lot of, and there's a lot of work, even though that there's, there's been done work done to optimize it. Polygon is this other further layer that speeds that transaction up. So you can have things like in game transactions and, and many, many transactions for, you know, dedicated block space for these, for these, uh, you know, protocols and dApps and other sorts of things that are going to require a lot of space on the block space on the blockchain. So 
what Polygon does is kind of speeds everything up, brings it to the people. I like to say it, it's, it's, yes, it's the business layer, but it's the layer that's bringing all of the, the, the greatness and the unlocks of blockchain to the actual people in this very uh, quick, frictionless kind of way. So that's, that's the work that it is. And the reason that I'm here at Polygon or what attracted me to Polygon in the first place was because I saw its potential as in a huge unlock um, for not just the blockchain space, but also broader in the world, uh, providing sources of income to places that where it really matters in places like APAC, in places like Latin America. And so I really wanted to work for a place where I saw the most impact in order for my dear purest heart to see that this, you know, vision of a better future can really come into fruition. So that's why I'm at Polygon. <laughs> yes, equity for all. That's I'm I feel you on that. That's that's I'm that's what drew me to the space as well. In addition to I mean so many things. Um, you know, as you're as you're saying, as you're describing um Polygon, what came into my head as maybe something that people could understand is if you think and correct me if I'm if this this doesn't make sense. I I think I think it does as it came to me. Like Ethereum is really like the Ethereum blockchain is kind of like a railroad and Polygon's kind of like the trains uh, built like it's building trains on this railroad that allow you to do more and go more places. Is that you think that would be a good way of saying it? So somebody could kind of it's kind of unlocking like you said, it speeds up transactions yeah, I feel like it's uh, it's something you add to make something go faster. So, what whatever like some sort of some sort of like a speedy agent enactor. <laughs> or I guess if I guess if 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 I went and even I changed it and said Ethereum was a train, uh, Polygon would be like the coal that you're putting into. <laughs> Yeah, to make maybe it go faster. It's like go. I, I think of it like Mario, and then you, you when you have the star, you can just go through anything. You know? Oh yes, yes, that's a good one. That's a good one for the '90s kids. Yeah, yeah, for the kids who play all the all the fun games. Which you know, and, and I started at Polygon Studios, so that was very gaming focused. So specifically, if you want to get even more specific, like mobile gaming, I was like, that's going to be the unlock because you don't even know you're what's going on you're just having a fun time <laughs> the event we met at actually they were talking about that for the gaming panel um how really gaming is going to be a big part of uh onboarding and mass adoption of web3 technologies um it, it, what do you think about that in terms of and how how what do you or how does that play into what you're doing with uh poly your eyes got so big right now I'm like, I'm so yeah excited. i'm so excited <laughs> so gaming really is it first of all it really makes sense like you already kind of understand as a gamer the economy of like buying stuff with in-game coins and things like that and like upgrading your shields and materials and things like that and forging things and so like this this already kind of exists and so it's really going to be like this sort of easy seamless onboarding of, of folks into it um, with the added benefit of them being able to manage their own assets on their own end so like if I buy something on Animal Crossing and you know I no longer want it and I want to sell it to someone and it's very rare because it was like a you know limited drop. They can go ahead and I can I can sell that to someone and someone can buy that and now it's theirs and they can do what they want with it. 
um, thereafter. But I think gaming, because it's still so new, it's so interesting to see how people are thinking about inclusion, particularly in this space. I I playtested this game and they were like, it's an auto chess battler. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, we, we do these playtests regularly. So I was like, I don't, I'm not good at auto chess battlers, blah, 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 blah. Like I was like, I'm really not going to be good at this, right? But it was so intuitive and fun and thoughtful and there's, you know, women on the team. And so I actually beat everyone Hey, <laughs> Except for the lead designer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really like I was like, wow, this is like so engaging and so fun and so so different than all the other, you know, auto chess battlers that I had played before that maybe didn't catch my attention or maybe I just didn't get it or like it didn't explain it in a way that I understood. But getting more people to think about inclusivity with games is also something that I'm particularly fond of and you know I'm I think I told you I'm like banding together uh, a group of uh, women and non-binary folks to kind of get that practical knowledge of Web3 in the in the metaverse. And so really enabling people, again, to to find these these tools themselves to to see how it works in their own lives. We're on the very forefront. So really, we have we have all the say in what works and what doesn't work in this emergent stage. So I think we should take advantage of that by speaking up and getting involved. No, I, I love that. I, I think that that's so important, um, especially with this space of Web3 um, in terms of helping other people understand is like making it matter to them. Why does this matter to me? And I think that game gaming is such a, a good way to make it make sense to the, to the right, to the traditional consumer um, because really gamification really makes life more fun in general. And I think that's part of what tokenization will be also like, we'll gamify our life a little bit <laughs> and keep, keep life exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think in the future, I think it's just going to be, you know, a combination of, yes, we'll have our traditional workplaces where we do work, but we'll also have this portion of our life and a bigger you know, a bigger dedicated portion of our life will be towards our hobbies that also provide us with passive income. And I think that's a really exciting way. Like when we talk about technology improving our lives, um, you know, as technology improves our lives, uh, as technology improves, it's supposed to improve our lives that much more. And so that we're supposed to dedicate more of our lives to enjoying life, but it hasn't really worked out that way. And I think this is the unlock where we can restake our place as uh you know someone interested in wanting to make the world a better place by playing a game or you know something along those lines where we can still be active contributors to society while doing the things that we love and not shamed for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even in the workplace, like, I mean, I think that eventually you could tokenize just work efficiency and, and productivity, like, and make it fun, you know, 
I really love that. And I and I'm so excited because, again, this is our first time getting to actually like have a one on one talk. And so I'm getting to learn all about you. And I'm a gamer as well. So I love gaming. So this is we're going to have fun like after this as well, talking about all that stuff. Um, even like the even like the drop that I'm planning for my music, I'm putting some gamification, at least like some sort of like just to make it fun, because I feel like that's also what is so exciting about tokenization is creating that um, utility that actually makes experiences interactive. Um, and it's bringing back like the joy of collecting art and music because there's interaction happening between the artist and the audience, you know? Um, so yeah, no, I love, I love, love all of that. Um, what got you into technology? How did you end up in this space? Oh my goodness. I, it's so funny how I ended up in crypto because, I, it's such a weird, long winding road, but, and, and all of the things that I've done up until now have kind of led, led me to crypto. Cause I did not, I didn't have a background in tech. Like I think most people in web three, I did not have a background in tech. I had, um, I'd gone to school for music and then from, I went to school for opera. So I was a professional opera singer for some years. And from that uh, I know from, I know from, how did I, but how did I get to crypto? Well, <laughs> from, from, from opera, I went to uh, costumes actually. So I was really interested in making costumes because they were exquisite pieces of clothing that I was getting to wear. So I wanted to learn how to make them. Um, but I mostly, I mostly specified in um, hats and it's particularly like women's hats. So I was making women's hats uh, uh, I think I learned mostly in Chicago at Lyric Opera House, uh, under the, uh, costume maker there, head costume maker there, moved back to LA and I started working for a hat maker in Hollywood who was needed a hat, needed a women's hat maker specifically. Wow. <laughs> wow. If the, the stars are not aligned, I don't know what were like, that's, I went in there just like, I'm going to get a job. I don't care how or where. And they were like, actually, we were going to put out an ad. So this is quite. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I love that. Yeah. So that led to uh, working on sets and things like that, working on commercials. Um, and I went through a really bad breakup and I started taking dance and dance kind of played with my music uh, background. And I like nine months later, I, I landed my first gig and I became a professional dancer as well. So like all of these, okay, so all of these things I'm doing, right? Like I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I'm like taking the opposite advice of like focus on one thing, which I've heard my entire life. <laughs> and I did the complete opposite of all they weren't of that artists. They, they definitely weren't artists <laughs> if they said that. <laughs> but how did I find myself in all of, in, in crypto? Well, after the pandemic, I was working on an art project thanks to a grant, uh, some artist grants, and I was listening to podcasts and I was watching Twitter and I was, my friend was one of the co-founders of this huge, you know, social DAO called Friends with Benefits. And so I was like, what's going on over there? And so I saw this weird crypto stuff going on on Twitter. I started listening to weird crypto podcasts while I was sewing all these costumes for my art piece. And I finally just started to like contribute to DAOs. And so by becoming a DAO contributor, I got 
deeper into it. I didn't actually get in through like buying crypto. I like eventually bought crypto to buy NFTs to support the DAOs that I love, but I got in because I yeah, was contributing to communities, these weird online communities that t- that vote on chain and like <laughs> do all this weird this weird stuff, but yeah, that's how I got involved. And um, actually that same friend, that same friend who co-founded uh, Friends with Benefits uh, said that someone at Polygon was looking for some help. And I answered that call, followed up. And that's, that's, how I, that's how I got in. I had had some exposure to uh, the tech world. I, you know, I'd worked in like some startups before doing XYZ, a little bit of marketing here, a little bit of marketing there, but really it was a very organic sort of understanding of like my work in commercials and my work with people. And it just worked. (laughs) Um, I love this story so much because this is, um, I think it's just encouraging for anyone who's going all over the place to know that that's that following your intuition in that way does lead you somewhere um you have to trust that uh as well as you know of course focus when you need to focus but it's important to trust the exploratory process and i really feel like that this these community roles in web3 are really about the heart of what web3 is about which is really i i i mean it's about so many things, but I think, and I hear this a lot, actually the founders of Burble where, where I work, um, they always say this, that Web3 is going to be built by the artists. Um, people are going to really get it through art, like through art, people, the mass adoption is going to happen through entertainment and art. And so I think there's a reason why a lot of us community um, heads, directors, managers, we are all artists, all of us, almost not, I'm not gonna say all, but a lot of us are artists, you know, artistically and, leaning for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm okay. And this podcast is not about me. But you brought up so many things that I was like, okay, I can't wait for us to hang out because you brought up <laughs> costume making. I'm not a costume maker. But I had a roommate when I was up at the Banff Center in, in Canada doing a work study for audio engineering, who was a costume maker. So she was working at um, in Edmonton, like Opera House and stuff oh, like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. No, those ones are serious. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so I hear that. And then opera, I went, I studied classical voice in school. And like, I got, I ended up doing opera with somebody who I shall not name on this podcast right now, but controversial figure and sang at the Lincoln, um, the Lincoln Center and things like that so I'm with you on the opera and then knitting I love to knit so when you said you were stitching and listening to podcasts I'm like yes yes I sit I sit I'm not knit I'm not stitching you know sewing but I'm stitching you know yarn so I I feel you girl stitches yeah (laughs) yeah there's still stitches (laughs) stitching and and podcasts I think go hand in hand (laughs) since the dawn of time (laughs) since podcasts have been alive I and well, I, I love it. I love it. So I just I I think that you hit so many points there that you know really your path can 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 go a lot of different directions. Uh, how do you how do you how do you manage um, that kind of like as you were going through that? Now you're kind of I mean maybe you don't feel this guy. I know you're in a you're in a position that where you've been there for a year and so you've kind of s- settled down a little bit from going in different directions, but. Do you feel like like as it was happening, 
was it an enjoyable process or were you ever like worried and wondering, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, if like, just if, as if, you know, if somebody was in that position right now, what would you kind of like, I think somebody would love to hear, like, what were you thinking? What was your thought process as that was happening? <laughs> oh, I lost my way a couple times. It's so easy, especially in a fast paced uh, world, not even just tech, not even just startup, but crypto too. Like it was hyper, it's hyper speed in this, in this world. Um, and so, you know, and we were hiring very quickly and before I knew everyone. And it was like, how do I expand that trust? Because before, you know, a lot can go wrong in the crypto space, as we have seen. And so part of like why I wanted to come at this early emergent stage was to talk to projects to guide them in the correct path, in the correct way into thinking about how to work with the people that are using their products instead of trying to push things in their face. And so when I, when I go into these meetings and, and I lean over to my colleague next to me and I, I hope that they're on the same page, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have to worry at all. But when they started hiring a bunch of people, I was like, oh no, what's going to happen to our ethos if we have all these people who haven't been bleeding, you know, bleeding heart web three since day one. So it was a kind of a, a bit of a tough point at that at that stage. And I think like what I would say for anyone that has this vision is just I would say really stay true to what you're doing and, and work with other people to help bring that vision to life. Because I don't think I could have painted a, a picture of how important it is if it wasn't for events happening in crypto already and people, you know, doing other things in other communities and bringing that to the attention and, and just seeing how it could be so much more and showing those examples. And, and, you know, if we have something cool going on in another, another department that exemplifies some sort of ethos, highlighting that and saying, see, you know, we're not the only ones thinking about this. Other people are thinking about this as well. And so it's been really great to see, that even for the people that are coming in from straight from web two, and maybe they don't know very much and they're still trying to get their wallet set up and things like that. They're still like, no, but we want to decentralize, <laughs> you know, we're all at this sort of like level of like understanding where we understand the mission, just maybe the mechanics aren't there. I think is more important is understanding the mission. Yes, absolutely. I think like that's that's a big reason why the community um, director, head of community, I keep calling it all the different things it is, but that role is so important uh, in the space because it, it is really important to understand it um, on a on a fundamental level what this what the mission is of the technology. Um, when you when you think about your journey getting into the tech space. Um, and all the winding roads it went down. Did you have any mentors in the arts or in tech that helped you kind of navigate getting to this point? So going that transition from, you know, art to tech, but you're still doing art. I know you're an artist still. But I mean, I think it, it, I think all of my mentors have helped me get here in some way, one way or another, which is great. I've had, um, you know, vocal coaches, as you know, are like become like your second mothers and sometimes <laughs> or like second mothers, parents, whatever. Um, 
but uh yeah so definitely like a lot of the vocal coaches and like two of my hat teachers are both named Laura which I always found a little bit funny yeah just I would say like in this in this sort of web three crypto space the person who directly hired me uh it has been fantastic also a theater kid strangely enough but like has the chops and you know but to 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 lead the the marketing in uh at polygon at the time and so yeah i would say he has unlocked a lot of like uh paths for me um as well as uh quite honestly like our cmo at polygon jen katula is an inspiration to me as someone who maybe doesn't have like the, you know, I, I didn't go to school for marketing, but I just have a knack for it and a, and a feel for it and an understanding of it on a, I like to say on a visceral level, thanks to commercials, uh, d- doing all the commercial work, you know, right. But um, she, yeah, she's she, just the way that she is able to both conduct uh, business through a huge department, continue to scale and continue to do that with such grace and allowing everyone to still be seen and felt and empowered to do their very best work. Not easy. So she had, she's been doing a fantastic job. And I think getting to work with her uh, quite closely and directly has been uh, super beneficial for me and my, you know, just overall understanding of how to even take on huge challenges with many people and many different types of backgrounds. So she's like the marketing department community manager. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's beautiful that you found um, a woman in the space as a, as a mentor too, as you know, going, I'm going to get all deep now, not deep. I'm just going back, going back to like growing up. Do you feel like, there was anything that really helped you have the tools to prepare for this kind of life? Like really the artist life, you're living the artist life. I feel like Web3 is now creating this hybrid of artist uh, executive in a, in, a, in a sense, you know? I, I love it. Like I, I talk to people outside of it, outside of the space and they're like, oh, so you're not gonna do music anymore? I'm like, no, I'm, it's like enhancing my doing music. Like, what are you talking about? Like, th- I, like there's so many artist executives in the space. Like that's, it's because the, because the new world is being built by the artist, which is how it should have always been from the beginning, you know? But people call it the Renaissance because why? Because A, you have to have a ton of different skill sets to even enter this space at this point. And B, it is driven by art. You are 100% right. I totally call it like the Renaissance, like you say. But I think growing up, honestly, music, growing up with music, I have been a lifelong musician. I've studied music since I was third grade, fourth grade, something, something crazy. I've had music my, in my entire life. I've played a bunch of different instruments. I went to school for opera, but my minor is also in bassoon. So I play a bunch oh, wow. of instruments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, learning how to learn and learning how to set that discipline and understanding, I think understanding my first title beyond whatever, whatever company calls me, my first title is always artist. And I think understanding that and letting that be my guiding point for how I want to see the space is what is 
what is leading me to all of the ways that I'm trying to guide us into thinking, you know, I want, I want the winners at the end of the day to be the artists because we're the ones that bring the joy and the, the, the interesting aspects of life into a new viewpoint. And so we should be reaping those benefits in one way or another. And, and everything I do guide is guided by that idea that artists are these important sort of pieces for humanity to continue in an interesting way. And and we should, we should respect that. (laughs) That's beautiful. Wow. Drop the mic there. That's, that's, that's a beautiful sentiment. Um, And I feel I totally agree with you on that. When you think about this whole journey that you're still on and been on, what I, I think for me, the challenges are what really help propel me forward, really. Um, and so I think obstacles and challenges are a good part of the journey. Sometimes not when you're in it, but you know, later when you look back, you go, yes, I needed that to get to where I am now. What are some obstacles that you faced that you look back at and you go, yes, and how did you overcome it? I think one that's always present is the self-doubt. I think like a lot of women suffer from self-doubt. And so I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that have, have been like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't have all this background and everyone around me does. And so am I doing the right thing? And is this the right, you know, but I really, at the end of the day, have to trust myself. I just have to trust myself. I I got here because of my hard work. All of my life experience cannot be taken away. And so that I think I have to really just hold true. I think I really wrap myself up in the, in the truths that I know and continued to walk forward and, and hope that I'm still on the, the right path. Definitely taking in a lot of consideration from others as well. But I like to really rely on my good judgment at the end of the day. Um, I've, I've faced, I faced, I guess a lot of challenges, but I think, you know, you just kind of do the best you can, even if it's like, well, I don't have enough money to buy crypto right now. So what do I do? It's like, well, yeah, that, you know, so it's like, okay, well maybe I'll just, you know, continue to live off of these artist grants and <laughs> so and listen to podcasts and educate myself, you know, and so like, I feel like I'm a little bit in the, in the know. So yeah, there's, there's this things you can do at every level. And it's frustrating, but it's also like these baby steps help build that really, really strong foundation, which you can stand on later. Um, you know, and, and just keep doing the good work that you, you know that you're capable of doing. Really, everyone knows they're capable of doing that good work. You can do it. It's sometimes we're, we're psyching ourselves out because um, we know we can do it. And then it's like, well, what if I'm, what if it works? What if I'm successful? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what if it works? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So real. Whew, that's a, that's one for artists right there. I think I, I just, so many artists deal, deal with that. Do you have like some practices that you do to help um, manage um, self-doubt when it starts to creep up? <sighs> yeah, I definitely just, I try to do a reset. So sometimes if I'm having like a really, really tough time and I know I can feel like I'm in this rut, I try and go on like a trip by myself or like I try to do something by myself. I really try to like 
I, I'll either, I mean, I've done some crazy stuff where I'm like three months without internet or something insane. Like I will cut something off. I'll like fast something out of my life in order to like reset my whole mental discipline and really like change my whole perspective. And it just helps me so much. I know it's so extreme and I don't advise this unless you're really game. <laughs> but it, but the way that I'm able to continue progress, even when I feel like super, uh, you know, in a, in a hole is just reject that thought and, and do something else in order to find a way forward. I'm very driven by, by the continual movement because I feel like there's, so much time spent on so many awful things in the world. And if we could just spend a little bit more time and I have the energy to give at least right now, you know, while I'm still young and vibrant and I've got a lot of fire in me, I want to put as much energy as I can into making the world into a better place. I really do believe that blockchain technology is going to be that thing that, that me too. does that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. Cause I think it, it has the ability to, to connect people in a way that we haven't we've been losing with um with technology uh technology uh, we're always on our phones and yet we're further apart but we're supposed to be socializing while we're on there so i i really think so but i have to back up have you done an internet um cleanse since you've been working in web3 because if you have no, I haven't. how i was like how? how no i haven't i haven't done an internet cleanse i did i did 90 days before i started in full-time wow. blockchain and wow. it was like very intense but like i have not done and and i don't know if i i don't know if i could do 90 days i could probably yeah. do like seven days yeah easily I would say like a vacation which i have not done that and I don't know how long just been off the internet for it so I that's that kind of sounded like beautiful um and I'm like wow that I really would love to do that so you've inspired me I'm gonna have to try that on one of these days soon I think that fa like fasting from things uh you know not just food but also like habits or you know things like like social media it just really helps you cleanse yourself and and it's a reset button and that's what i use it as is like fasting is a reset wow that's 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 really good advice um what is a lesson that you've learned that you think has really helped you along on your journey <sighs> a lesson that i've learned along my journey it's it's honestly to I think the I think it's just more than us, right? Like so trusting yourself allows others to trust themselves as well. So we're all sort of like mirrors of each other and so by me doing the best that I can, it helps mirror that behavior that I'd love to see in, in, in someone else and that person will, you know, be a mirror for someone else and someone else. And so I really believe in like the network effect of goodness. Oh, the network effect of goodness. Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think trust is one of the trusting yourself, your intuition is one of huge skill to have, um, especially on the artist journey, uh, which, I, you know, this is a tech, a women in tech podcast. But I think that um, entrepreneurs in general and people who work in tech have a very similar 
um, mindset to artists in that way. Um, you're you're just we're really into just creating something new and and trying to put that um, positive impact uh, stamp on the world with whatever we create. So that's really ah, that's lovely. I love that. So let's do some quick like. Uh, quick questions, quick fire questions. I tried to get these to to guess like beforehand, and I gave you like five minutes to look at this. So <laughs> I, those are the first ones I looked at, though. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, good, good, good. I'm so glad. Um, what is your favorite book? Okay, I thought a lot about this. It's The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Which, if you're in community at all, you should. It's a uh, high in how we meet and why it matters. Priya Parker, Art of Gathering. Oh, that's nice. I've heard of that book, but I have not read it. So I am going to need to put that on my Audible list. My second my second choice, which it was like kind of a tie, was actually the Dan Charnas Dilla time, which I love. Uh, I the Jay Dilla the Jay Dilla biography that came out so I know, brilliant. I haven't Just read it yet. Everything that he ties into. It's so, so, so good. Yes. I haven't read Highly it yet. And that. I have to, I have to, and you know, I'm going to have a, I'm going to talk with his mom, like right after this, this, this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, I have it on my, on my, on my, um, audible list and and like literally when we first started when I first got to meet her and then I just have not had a chance to listen or read anything in the last it's terrible like I love I have like a library at home and I haven't had a chance to like just sit and just read like reading is so nice do you like to read or do you like to listen I both. I'll do both Uh, I have the the audio books that I listen to while I'm like cooking and doing other chores and things like that. And then there's like the, I have set aside this many hours to read a physical book and I'm going to go sit in my porch garden and <laughs> go read. <laughs> I I think I'm going to make it my goal. Yeah, I think I have to make it a goal in 2023 to just set aside time to actually read. Yeah, because it makes, it makes a big difference. Um, I reread The Alchemist earlier this year and actually read it and not listened. And I was like, wow, my brain, it hits your brain differently. To it read. totally does. It totally does. When you can sit with the actual book and flip through, you're like taking that in so much more. I feel like block by block. I don't know. Like I think of like the Gutenberg press in my brain. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> You're a nerd. You're a nerd. You said good. I love it. It's like all I think stamped gonna, in my brain. I think we're going to be friends, Jack. <laughs> um, what's your favorite podcast or video series? Ooh, uh, you know what? I really love uh, 99% Invisible, which is like this shorter podcast series that talks about, uh, it's a design podcast about um, the little things we don't notice every day. So I'm really fascinated by that. I love uh, as well, Hardcore History, which goes like and dives deep, deep, deep into that history that I love so much that I'm trying to learn as much as I can about history so we don't repeat it. <laughs> yeah, it's so important to learn about history. Oof. Like, like if we, it, I mean, just educating, I think that a lot, the world would be a lot better if people um, just took time to understand the evolution of us as humans and like understand it's not to dwell on things that are negative, but it's good to understand what's happened. What's your best resource for tech? It could be like person or book or 
I mean, I know you said books and stuff, but like, yeah, what's where do you go for tech resources, especially like you're on Twitter, you're on crypto Twitter. So like, like, what are you who do you follow like stuff like that? It's it's really tough because I think like it depends on each person. I think like everyone should have like a couple DAOs that they belong to that they can curate the kind of uh, resources from. But if you're a nerd like me, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't, hopefully you are. <laughs> if you like law, if you like law and blockchain, Code of Law is a is a podcast that I've been diving into, and yeah, if you if the intersection of the law and blockchain is <laughs> very Ooh, I was literally I was literally just talking to someone about that because as I get ready to release um things on a lot blockchain, of things. Yeah. I'm like, well, how does how do I still follow I guess I just follow publishing law the way it is out here and just think of it like a record, like mechanical maybe. Yeah. A so lot of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of Yeah, IP yeah. There's yeah, like IP questions. Yeah. There's um there's like how do I legally frame a DAO? Like what's going on with the regulations? So like I really love that because I think that the US law has a will be able to dictate a lot of what's gonna be what what can happen in crypto and like what's gonna have to be forced into some other dark side of crypto. So hopefully keeping an eye on that and making sure that we you know, don't let that go bad. That I've been trying to stay up to date with um, Code of, yeah, it's called Code of Law. That's so cool. I'm gonna definitely check that because I, I, I think about that all the time, and it's it's, and you wonder if even like what happens in that this Web three space if it's gonna start to also influence law in the real world, like not that this isn't the real world, but I just mean in the physical world. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Thank you for that that suggestion. I'm so excited to listen to that. What is your hobby or hobbies if you have more than one? Love to garden. I have like a bunch of crazy exotic, you know, alocasias and all kinds of philodendrons and crazy plants like that. But um I also collect records. I have like 12,000 records and I wow. I would say like those are my two hobbies that I love I spend a lot of time with. <laughs> oh, I love it. I I have a record collection um from my grandmother and and I was just looking at it the other night and I'm like, I need to, you know, I feel like I cheated because I got like an automatic, really cool collection. Yeah. And I just, I, yeah, I need to collect, I, I, I need to like start collecting. And I was looking at them. I'm like, I got to like get new sleeves for them. It's, it's a great, it's a great, um, it is a great, it's good to be, it's fun to be a collector, you know? It's fun to be I a collector. Yeah. I think that's why so many people get interested in like, especially like the PFP communities um, in crypto and well, in, in just Web3 in general. You know? Totally. And things don't get dusty on the blockchain like they do in real life. <laughs> no, they don't. They really don't. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, this has been really great. I love the duality of Jack with the with the artistic side and the tech side. I can really relate to that myself. How can the this community support you? Um, well, you know, uh, I would say just f- go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Uh at Jack Vaca, J-A-C-Q-V-A-C-A. And yeah, there's some other, I mean, I have a couple of NFTs on there that you can look at if you're interested Ooh. in 
what type of wait, what type you tell us tell us a little what 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 is what do you have on there oh i have a foundation collection of some black and white um photo like one of one photography that i did with a friend uh during the pandemic that is sort of tied to a style uh called buto which is a japanese sort of dance theater so i have a collection of photographs and then, um, yeah, that's. I think that's all that's available right now. There's a, there was another cool. drop, but it, I think it's not open anywhere. <laughs> How cool! That's awesome. Well, yes, we definitely. I'm already following you, so well, you know, I'm yeah. going to go over there and go check it out. But yes, definitely, <laughs> that's so so cool. I love that. I can't wait to see more of what you put out. And um, is there anything like cool that we should be looking out for from um, from what you're doing with Polygon as well? Yeah, actually, it's uh, there's this really great event that we're going to be doing uh, in December, and we hope to keep it rolling. It's not just Polygon; it's also, you know, it's going to be a multi-chain event uh, where we get a bunch of women involved, uh, women and non-binary folks involved in learning about the concepts of Web three in the metaverse setting. So we're all meeting in the metaverse itself uh, to <laughs> honestly learn the nuts and bolts of how to navigate in the space and learn how to move and learn how to move the camera, but also to learn, uh, you know, some practical knowledge of Web3 as well as open up some additional, you know, business opportunities and networking opportunities. And so we hope to keep this rolling. The first one is going on um, in a couple of weeks, but uh, this, this looks like it's something that, you know, is again, like we said, kind of is going to be bigger than just a couple of people getting together. So we hope to keep it rolling through 2023 as well. Is that the 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 um, project that you had sent me? Yes, it is. It's, oh, so cool! We're starting with yeah, a hundred women. So we're starting with a hundred a hundred uh, women and non-binary folks first, and then uh, from there we're gonna keep it going. And where can people find out about that? Um, I'm going to post it on, on my Twitter. So head on to my Twitter Follow and on I'll, Twitter. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get everything out on there. <laughs> How cool. Awesome, Jack. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you sharing your story. I know it's going to inspire other women who are diving into these spaces as well. Uh, in addition to artists as well, the artists out there who are techie nerds like us. <laughs> so thank you. To connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com forward slash community. That's wearelatech.com forward slash community. Say hello on socials at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow me at Felice Lazay on all the socials. And I will see you in another episode real soon. Remember to take good care of yourself and most of all, love yourself. Take care, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Jack Vaca, Senior Manager of Ecosystem Enablement at Polygon Labs, the organization supporting the Polygon Protocol, bringing Ethereum to the world. I'm based in East LA, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.